Today on Training Group Live, target focus versus front sight focus creates a lot of discussion, but most people don't correctly assess what is actually happening. Ben Steger and I explain both types of focus, how to apply them properly, and share the method we use. After the paywall, Ben and I share our thoughts on getting the most from a class, including training up before the class, deciding if a new technique is worth changing to, and what your expectations should be. Welcome to Training Group Live, your home for all things practical shooting. So make ready, it's time to train. Welcome to Training Group Live. Today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Ben Hello. Steger. Yes, your special guest is here. Yes. Uh, ben, what I want to pick Ben's brain on a topic that comes up quite a bit, and I'll, Ben, let's be real, it could, it could turn into a bit of a, a rabbit hole, so to speak, but I want to talk about like target focus, front sight focus, what they are, when to use them, what it actually means, because people throw those terms around. Yeah, and I think, mo I think it's fair to say most people don't really understand, especially what target focus means. Correct. Because like, as we'll get to, I think people take target focus as point shooting. Uh, or some people I've talked to where they like, oh, I'll just look at the spot, I'll jam the gun out there, I'll fire two shots. I'm like, I'm not Ben Steiger, I can't do that. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's not really what's happening. It's not a skill level thing, which we'll get to. Uh, so let's start with like traditional front sight focus. What's a fair way of describing what that is and how you would do it? Okay, so like the, the traditional front sight focus, like you're saying, <laughs> is where you uh, look at the front sight, you know, that, that gets all your attention. It appears clear. The rear sight appears blurry. The target appears blurry. And then you line up the front sight inside the notch as well as you can. And you use that to uh, to drive your shooting. Yes, and that's after. So you so to back up a little bit, your eyes have picked a precise spot on the target. You bring the sights to the target, then you move your vision back to the front sight. Is that fair? All right. I mean, that's what you're doing in a in a practical in a practical sense, right? So when you're actually shooting, you know, multiple targets fast. Yes, your eye is going to be moving off the sight to the target. The target will appear clear. Then the site comes, you know, yeah, that's the way it actually works. But again, I think most people don't really do that, but that's what they, that's what they should be doing. No, that's true. Um, so what are situations where you think people traditionally use that? When would it be like a good idea or a not good idea to use that? Um, well, most people do it when they find the shots threat. So if the targets are far away or they're small, then they want to switch on to front sight focus. I, I'm not convinced that's the way to go. I personally don't do that, but um, that would be when most people do it. It's, it's it's when they find the shots threatening. Yes, I completely agree. Um, when are situations that it would not be a good idea to use it? Uh, definitely, it's a bad idea with multiple targets up close. Mm -hmm. So that's where doing the focal depth change from target back to site, target site, target site like that. Um, that's not efficient. Of course, if the targets are up close shooting while moving, uh, if you're moving or the targets moving, uh, you're going to get a substantial advantage by focusing on the target because, uh, you're going to naturally track 
the target that you that you're looking at, you'll your your gun will track it if you just keep focused on the spot you want to hit. Um, and like I said, that becomes an issue if you're moving or the target's moving. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, and not even traditional shooting on the move, but that could be like a position entry where you're like the last couple steps you're coming in, you want to smash that target on the way in. And uh, like what you're saying, if you pull your vision back to the front sight, then what's going to happen is you're going to watch the front sight as it, you know, you might not pick up that it's drifting across the target as you're shooting. So hits yeah. would tend to go in the direction you're moving. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what I think, I guess, another downside to doing this or something else to discuss is that it does take more effort to do and it is slower. All right. I don't so know that everybody would agree on that, but what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think let's take the takes more effort to do because even if you're focused on the front sight while you're shooting, if you're doing things properly, every time you transition targets, your focus goes out to like you look at a spot that you want to hit precisely, the gun will come to where your vision is. You'll then shift your attention back to the front sight itself. Uh, and you're going to do that every time you transition, which is hard to do. Uh, most people, I'll just be honest, like most people we watch like in a class or whatever, hey, we just did a class uh, last week. I mean, how many guys shooting iron sights did you reckon were, were following the front sight while they were transitioning between targets? Is probably that half of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, so it's aside from, I mean, to say it takes more effort, that's one way to put it, that it's harder to, to you know, be shifting your focal depth around. But even more than that, I think most people don't really do that or even understand that following the front sight with their vision is a problem. That makes sense. No, it does make total sense. Because like what you're saying, they're, like their vision might get stuck on that and they might be shooting a whole array of targets. Or you see them do target like a wide target transition and you see their head move the same time the gun moves. Yeah, I mean, for example, most fiber sights, when you put them in the, most fiber sights the guns have, like a, a stock Shadow 2, for example, has a fiber optic front sight. Um, that sight picks up enough light that I personally, I cannot shoot at front sight focus. I can't. It's so bright. Like, I can't look at the front sight if I want to. But then when you're transitioning between targets from one target to the next, that really bright fiber really grabs your eye, grabs your attention, it sucks your eye out to it. Mm -hmm. At least that's what happens with me. And if you think about it, like you have a stock gun configuration for competition, but just the way it's set up, like personally, I can't shoot it properly. I can't do it. And I would say most people probably can't do it. The fiber is so bright, like I don't know how you'd be, you know, efficiently shifting your vision around or whatever. It's, it's very challenging. So, I mean, it's kind of the same discussion that I think we had a few weeks ago about grips, where you're like, hey, getting the gun fitted to your hand's an issue, and most people don't really understand it. Like, it's the same thing with your vision and whether it's, you know, target focus or front side focus. The, the way guns come, they're not, like, even the people building them don't really understand this stuff that well, so they'll put on a really bright, you know, fiber yes. front sight that's very difficult to use properly. Um, and, I mean, to share your trick, you use a Sharpie a lot. So you dull the yes. fiber by using a Sharpie over the top and the side of the, well, I suppose the rod that's kind of exposed in the middle of the blade is the way to say it. Yes. And that makes it duller. Uh, the other thing yes. to mess with is some people like, like the 
if I explain this well, the bulb, I suppose, on like the side the shooter would see, they make that really, really huge where it almost like you have a tough time seeing the outline of the front sight. And I think that can be a problem also. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but that's sort of an aside, like there's the, the problem with this visual acuity stuff or like what, what you do with your vision is there's the way it ought to work in theory. And then there's the way it works in practice. Mm-hmm. And the way it works in practice is, is you know, of, of course, it's very different. Yes. And I should also point out that does apply to dots also. Even though like people think a dot isn't something you focus on or whatever, you could do the same thing where you're staring really hard at the dot. So you are able to track your vision from looking at a target and kind of seeing the, the dot peripherally to really staring hard at the dot and having the target a little bit blurry. Um, okay, well, let's talk about target focus shooting then. What's the contrast or what's the difference from that to what we just talked about? So with, with target focus shooting, you're, you look at a spot on a target that you want to hit, and, and then when you're shooting iron sights, I mean, it'd be the same with the dot, but with iron sights would be the interesting contrast for people. The sights still come into alignment on the spot that you look at. It's just they remain blurry, and you let them be blurry, and you go ahead and shoot anyway. And you're not doing focal depth changes back and forth between uh, the front sight and the target. That's the main, that's the main difference. Now, of course... Uh, people get confused about this, like you said. Well, they think that target focus shooting means you're not using your sights or something. No, you still use them. It's just that they're blurry. You know? mm-hmm. And I would also uh, suggest it is not even a skill thing. It's not. Oh, Ben's so much better than I am. I'm in B no, or C class. Like that's literally no nothing to do with it. It's just right. kind of what you're seeing. And I think traditional marksmanship is so much where you focus on the front sight. People just kind of have that beat into their head before they start. You know, yes. action pistol type of a thing. Um, okay, so why would you want to do target focus shooting for anything? Or like for everything, I'm sorry, just for everything you shoot. Uh, well, it, it, it cuts out all the focal depth changes. It completely cuts them out, I think, um, which is nice. So it's simpler in that sense. And then the other thing is, uh, I think it'd be fair to say most of your accuracy is really driven by trigger control anyway. So uh, there's not there's not really that much to be gained by the perception of being able to aim more precisely by seeing the front sight clearly as opposed to blurry. I mean, it's mostly a perception thing that you can aim tighter. In, in practice, you don't aim that much tighter. And again, by making the process so much simpler, just by focusing on targets the whole time, um, it, it really does cut out a lot of steps. It, sa- it saves a lot of uh, effort. Now, the other thing is, like we said, when you're focused on the target in some situations, that's objectively better, like shooting on the move, um, shooting while the target's moving. It's, it's, you will shoot more accurately when you're shooting target focused. And um, I think, again, in those situations, you, you do actually gain a, a pretty substantial advantage from it. I agree. Um... So, I, I mean, I used to do both kind of where I would just shift to front sight focus for like what you said, what I perceived to be a tough or difficult shot and then it would target focus for everything else. And now I've kind of tried to just train myself to be, you know, target focus for everything. Um, mm-hmm. So what like you're saying, an example, then if I'm shooting uh, distance change up, something most people are familiar with, when I shift to the head box, my eyes go to like that credit card where I want to hit. The sights move there, but I don't bring my vision back to the sights. 
I look at the spot and like what you say, I use it all the time. I, I always plagiarizing you, but we're, you know, you hit where you look for better or worse. So if yes. you look at, if you look at the spot, the sites show up there, you don't have to take the time to pull your vision back. Like I, I do like what you're saying where I'm more paying attention to my hand pressure, you know, how I'm pressing the trigger, that kind of stuff. I'm perfectly aware of the sites alignment. I'm just not bringing my vision back to it. So, but I still have a very good idea of where they're at. And then like what you're saying, I shift my, my focus, maybe not pushing down on my hands, not tightening up my firing hand. Yeah. Like a fair way to describe it. Yes. And then the other thing I'd say that is kind of an advantage, which is a little bit difficult for people to wrap, wrap their heads around, but with both eyes open, like pegged open, mm -hmm. I think you get a good sense of how your gun is sitting in three dimensional space. If that makes sense. Yes. Uh, so subconsciously, I think actually aligning the pistol where you want becomes easier if you're keeping both eyes like wide open and you're focused out on the target. I really do think it's easier to align the gun. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I suppose it is less 2D. It would be more 2D kind <laughs> yeah. of feeling if you only had one eye open. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say are drills or ways to practice? I mean, somebody's going to listen to this and then you know, get their gat and go dry fire. What are good ways, would you say, to check yourself or to work on trying one way or the other? Well, the important thing I think is that you can, that you are paying attention and able to identify what you're doing and, you know, when you're doing it. Uh, that's how you're going to improve. People are always asking like, hey, what's a good drill for target focused shooting? And it's like, that's like asking for a good trigger control drill. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's something that you'd have to be conscious of the whole time you're shooting. Um, I would start off, though, if you're trying to change your habits, like let's say if, you, if you're used to going back and forth from, uh, or you're just shooting front side focus for everything, let's say, fine. I would start with something simple like, uh, you know, Blake drills or whatever up close, where you just learn target focus shooting and learn the advantages of it. And then start doing more and more complicated target scenarios where you're changing up between targets of different distance and difficulty. That that becomes a lot tougher. So, like, you can, let's say you start with Blake drill. You do accelerator once you're kind of getting Blake drills down and get your eyes doing what you want. And then you do really complex, you know, target transition scenarios with, you know, multiple targets at different yard lines and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. I agree. Uh, well, something yeah. I've liked to, I've done a lot for even other skills is if I'm doing a drill and dry fire, when I get done before I kind of lower the gun or even like I kind of freeze frame after I fired the last shot, so to speak, and just kind of assess where my vision is and just kind of like freeze frame what's clear right now, what's blurry, and then kind of trying to, uh, I mean, because like you said, let's be real, not everybody, what they think is happening is not really happening. That's almost always the case. Yeah, that it's not really happening the way you think. But I'll say this is like uh, the visual, as far as getting your vision, doing what you want, it's something you're going to be working on for a long time and you have to always be conscious of because there will always be situations where you tend to uh, uh, shift your focus without really knowing it. So let's say if you're doing a drill where you go from a head box to a, an open you know, target, um, a lot of times on the head box, people will shift their vision. You know, they'll shift onto front sight focus without really knowing it. And then they'll keep front sight focus while they transition to the next target. They can kind of screw up that transition. Uh, if you're not, you know, this, if it's not something you're constantly paying attention to, 
you, you'll you'll be shifting your vision around and not even notice it. Mm -hmm. Dude, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Yes, and then like what you said, I like switching from an easy target to a hard target also, or it seems like multiple difficult targets, whatever difficult means for you. Um, yeah. But that's like like the MXAD drill. That's one that's like, man, you have to. I have to really pay attention to not get sucked into the front sight. Absolutely, yeah. Because you're doing uh, a lot of you're shooting quickly, and then at some point while you're shooting the same target, uh, you're just like, you're like, what my vision sees just gets narrower and narrower, and the next thing I know, I'm really, really paying close attention to what the front sight does. Good. Um, any other training tips or techniques, things that things should be thinking about? This is, kind of, a this oh, is kind of a general thing, but um, pretty much, I don't know, a third of the people I have in a class or whenever this conversation comes up, people ask what you're doing with your vision. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be some reason like astigmatism, like my eyes messed up, cross dominance, like whatever they're like. Everybody has some reason, or, you know, that they think they can't do what we're talking about here. Yes. And I'm telling you, for most people, if you just open both eyes, draw the gun, like look at the target, and you start getting used to like, what target focus shooting looks like, you will be able to do it. Now, you're, you're going to see double images of stuff. You know, you'll see like your actual gun and then a ghost image and things like that. That happens to everybody, and you can work through that. And you'll eventually very intuitively like know which image to look at and that sort of thing. Like if you think that your eyes, something with your eyes set up precludes you from doing what we're talking about here, you're probably wrong. You probably can do it. It just takes, it'll take some effort and experimentation. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about how that. many, I mean, you've, you've been in enough classes now you see like every time this comes up, somebody's like, Oh, well I can't do that because of this reason. And it's like, no, that's usually bullshit. Yeah, well, it's like you haven't even really got to like a detail about what I'm seeing or what I'm asking them to do, and their dog already ate their homework. Yeah, the sun's yeah, already yeah. in their eyes, and you haven't even got through like the full description of what's going on. Your brain is really good at sorting stuff out and giving you what you want. So, I mean, it, 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 this will work for most people, trust me. I agree. Uh, so kind of as a recap, front sight focus would be working harder because like what you said, uh, you know, your eyes go to the target, your sights show up there, you bring your vision back, maybe to confirm, maybe it bounces back and forth, whatever yeah. some and, you shoot. And even people shooting, I used to shoot the hybrid target focus sometimes, front sight focus others. That's what, you know, used to be the way to do it mm -hmm. or what everybody kind of landed on. Even if you do that, you still have to be able to shoot target focused on the stuff that you want to shoot target focused on. Yes. Um, well, the other thing that I've noticed is that when I would like, I would tell myself sometimes it's okay to pull my eyes back to my sights. And then I got to a point, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of my shooting where it was like, I wasn't really controlling when it was happening. If that makes sense. It was like, sometimes my eyes would pull back to the site and it wasn't like I thought about it on each target. Like, oh, I'm going to pull my vision back. Just sometimes it would happen. Sometimes it wasn't. So just from yeah. a training standpoint, it was way easier to train myself just to always look at the target always allow the sights to be blurry. And then it was kind of like one less thing to fall apart or unplanned changing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Good. Ben, this has been most helpful. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. Are you paywalling the rest of this crap? Yeah, I've got more stuff to ask you about. We're going to talk uh, about taking classes. I want to talk about the Shooter Summit coming up. 
And uh, then also just like if somebody's going to take a class for the summit, how they should train up. And uh, anyway, yes, I've got a lot more stuff to pick your brain about, but uh, I do appreciate your time. Welcome back. I'm still sitting down with Ben, and I've got another question for you, Ben, or another topic to discuss that I'm going to be real with you. I get bombarded with emails sometimes, yeah. and that is, hey, I'm going to go to this class. You're putting on this class. I'm putting on the class, whatever. What do I need to bring? How do I need to train up? How do I prepare? How do I get the most out of the class? That's a conversation that comes up a lot, and uh, you know, I think there's a lot to talk about. So probably the the short quick answer is what should people bring with them um they should bring all of their stuff they need for a match plus extra ammo plus food maybe something to maybe like a notepad some people like that but i don't think you really need a whole lot of other physical stuff with you no you just need the stuff you needed to match for sure. i mean well if if you have a backup gun bring that 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 can be helpful that was my next point <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, I've had my own classes, class, class I taught with you, uh, class when you've been at my range, like there's, it's always going to happen. Somebody's going to break a spring, lose a front sight. I remember one year a guy pulled his gun out of his case and it didn't have a front sight on it on like day one. So it's like, that man, yeah, that, but that would be awful if you've taken all this time, you know, you've set up, you've set aside this money, you've set aside your time. You show up to this class and then you can't participate. You can't get the most out of it for no other reason than you're not prepared and just having equipment that works. So like what you said, bring everything you bring to match and more. If you're like me, I'm always over-prepared and have way more than I need. But like whatever, if I'm driving, it's no big deal. Um, the other thing to mention briefly is having your gun sighted in. It sounds dumb. But that's an issue I see quite a bit where even in my own classes, somebody will be shooting and it's it seems like it's always going to one like a, you know, a, a general direction. The site, the hits are trending like, hey, do you mind if I shoot your gun and I shoot, you know, three or four rounds? I shoot a nice little group. Only it's not in the spot the sites were looking. <laughs> yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah. So another thing that, you know, maybe if the class you're going to doesn't check that right off the bat, make sure your gun is sighted in. Because, you know, you wouldn't want to be frustrated in class and, like, not hitting targets and stuff due to not anything you're doing wrong other than just your equipment, you know, not being set up to hit where you look. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the easy stuff. What about, like, what would you recommend somebody training to get ready for, like, the summit or a class? How do they train up? How should they prepare? Um, like, honestly, the idea that you're going to get a lot better or whatever before you go to class, that's not really going to happen. But what you can do is spend some, you know, spend time dry firing to make sure that you're comfortable, um, you know, withdrawing and reloading and all and, and that stuff. Like, I'm not going to hammer people in class for how fast they do that stuff, but I want it to be consistent, you know, like uh, where you draw into the same grip every time. And when you reload, you can get back on your grip. Like, that's that's the stuff that you're going to have a problem with in class. So that'd be where I'd recommend focusing some uh, some attention. For sure. Well, plus it's like frustration also, because if you're in class and you want to learn and you're really frustrated because you keep dropping magazines on the ground or missing your grip or whatever, that doesn't really put you in an optimum spot to be learning either. No, like every every time you draw your gun and you miss your grip, it's kind of a, a, a repetition you wish you could have back. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we try to minimize the reps you want back, if that makes sense. No, totally. Um, what do you think about, like, training up hard and being – would you treat a class like a match where you're I trained would, up no. hard and really sharp? I wouldn't tell people to do that. You don't have to do that. Um, I would rather you just, you know, come to class, kind of come as you are. And, uh, you know, then we'll, we'll deal with whatever, whatever situation you're in, we'll deal with it. Uh, most of what the class is, is learning how to practice. So if you don't know how to do that, that well, you don't need to do a bunch of practice before class. Uh, that's what the class is for is to show you how to do that. So you got to keep that perspective too, where it's like, what most people get out of the class is, is, is learning how to practice. Yes, I like that a lot. Uh, I guess the way I think of it is I want to feel like what you've kind of said. I want to feel fairly sharp on all the skills needed so I feel like I can do everything you're asking of me and reasonably well without being really frustrated. Yeah. But like what you said, I don't think I have to be the best I've ever been at shooting before attending yeah. a class. Absolutely uh, not. The other thing is I wouldn't be training super hard or dry firing super hard where I feel like my hands are shredded or cut up or I feel kind of fatigued. So I'd want to train up and feel sharp and then just rest and be fully rest, relax. My hands feel fresh. And when I get to the class, I feel like, you know, I can really train hard for those couple days. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that, I mean, people digest information in a variety of different ways. What would you say when someone's at the class, they're taking on new information? Like, do you have any recommendations for that process? Uh, well, yeah, so kind of the goal in a class setting this is for me is to demonstrate so that somebody sees what sort of what the problem is with whatever we're doing. So if we're working on marksmanship fundamentals, they start to see and they feel where they're pushing the gun around when they're pulling the trigger at the same time. And hopefully that gets demonstrated to that person and, you know, a few times over the course of whatever we're doing in class, and then they can file that away and they know what to go work on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what we're trying to get out of the class. So if you have a way to like note those situations, you know, you keep, you, if you keep track of those, those little moments, um, like where you, you see that you're over transitioning or you see this or that, whatever, again, that's going to help you later on, like remembering those experiences and having those highlighted for you when you go and you practice on your own, that's what you're going to kind of call back on that experience and really be able to learn from it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, what would you say if, I mean, I suppose it's a personality thing, but sometimes maybe you see something in class and you just think, well, oh, that's not really applicable to me. I think my way is better. I, I mean, maybe, maybe this person's better than you. Maybe they're not. Um, in the case, I think probably people take classes normally from people that are better than them. But what would you say if you're like, look at something, you're like, I don't really like that. I don't think I want to do that. That's fine. Uh, like, honestly, that's fine. If you if you go to a class and you try something a different way and you don't like it, you know, whatever. I mean, you got to make your own decisions at some point. Uh, I think that's OK. But uh, one thing I'll point out is if you're, especially if you're one of like the, the semi-professional class taker people where they go take classes from a ton of people, I think what you're going to find is the same ideas wrapped up a little bit differently or packaged a little bit differently. And then whatever way that you feel clicks for you, that you understand something the best, just kind of grab onto that. That's a good way of saying it. Yes. Uh, or at the time, I guess my rec- like if, if I was in that situation or I've been in that situation, 
I try to just like, I'll try it for a little bit. And then sometimes realizing that I'm really good at the way I'm doing it, or I'm effective at the way I'm doing it. And I'm not going to necessarily be better at the new way until I actually give it some time. <laughs> this is so true. If you remember, yes. uh, <laughs> well, this would be the version of me from like maybe three years ago when I took a class from you or something, three or four, I don't know. And I'm like smashing the gun all over the place. And to me, my target transitions are on point and I'm doing them very quickly. I'd already made GM at this point. So I'm like, hey, I, I don't know, they seem okay. And then you tell me a drastically different way of not slamming the gun all over the place. Honestly, it got a lot worse before it got better. <laughs> this is true. So that's yeah, I something mean, else to talk about. So well, what I'll say is that uh, it is true that there's a learning curve and it is true that shooting is complicated and that when you change things, it's going to take a while to see the improvement. This is why you might notice like in the classes I do, I'm not sitting there constantly measuring people's performance and attaching mm -hmm. a lot of meaning to that. I don't really think like when you're kind of changing stuff with people shooting all the time, it's not really smart to sit there and endlessly measure stuff because that, you know, like you said, you, you'll be comfortable doing it a certain way. And then we try to change the way you're doing it. And we would expect your performance to go down mm -hmm. for a while before it's going to go up. So sitting there and endlessly measuring stuff, that doesn't really help, but getting a sense for how things feel, getting comfortable with new ideas. And again, getting to a place where you understand what's going on so you can go and practice stuff on your own and make some intelligent decisions for what you want to do. That's what you should be focused on. Yeah. And I think, I mean, regardless of what your initial, like, well, uh, I suppose I'm dating like my age, but stuff like, like some people, maybe in our age group, we're like, you don't, they don't like new music. They like the music that they've always listened to their whole life or whatever. You know, it's like taking on new information. It's like, give the new skill a chance, try it at least a little bit. And then sometimes it's stuff like I've taken back to my own training or something somebody I've saw online or somebody else has thrown out. We're all like, I'll try the skill a little bit, try my other way, and then just kind of like measure, does this make sense? Is this worth pursuing? Because at least in my own experience, sometimes just trying it in five minutes doesn't really give you a good a good read on if it's actually effective or not. So Yeah. Um, okay. What like what other tips do you have for maximizing your experience in a class or things you think are overlooked, you see students kind of miss the boat on? Um, I honestly, people get really wrapped up in their own performance where they think that the instructor really cares how well they're shooting or something, or they don't want to make mistakes in front of people. Like my attitude is I want you to go and shoot aggressively like you want to in a match or like you tried to in a match. And I'm fine with you making mistakes. Like, and I would, I, I'm more in the camp of, hey, I just want you to understand how all this works, just to understand what's going on. So that, again, so you can go and train effectively on your own. Um, people get, they get, they get wrapped up in like trying to shoot well in front of people or whatever else. And it's like, I don't, if you come to my class, like, I don't give a fuck, like how, how well you shoot or whatever. And I don't think anyone else does either. It's about, it's about improvement and learning again, learning how it all works. So if, if I had to pick something else, it'd be the the obsession on performance that a lot of people have. I mean, and that makes sense. It's competitive shooting and you're in front of a bunch of competitive shooters. You want to do well, but just trying to unplug from that a little bit. Uh, I think that can be helpful. Yeah. Uh, and an example actually, I was going to bring up that came to mind. We just did that class, uh, what this past weekend in Talladega, I guess to yeah. date this, but there was one person specifically where there were a couple skills that was 
I mean, honestly, it just was not there on day one. Like, big, big things this person was struggling with. And then, dude, by, like, the second day, he's like, man, I'm just, it's this, you know, he's kind of, like, frustrated. He's kind of like, I'm like, are you even kidding me right now? Do you realize, like, think back about how you were doing on this 36 hours ago or 24 hours ago. Yeah. It's like, this is a very big improvement. You might not be shooting, like, a super squad, you know, level person right now. But, like, this person understands the concepts. They understand, at least, before, be like, I don't really know what's going on. Now it's like, nope, I felt I pushed down. I felt I didn't do this. My feet weren't wide. So they're self-assessing what's going on incorrectly. They know at least what to work on. And the performance had got better. So it's not like it worked magic in 24 or 48 hours, but noticeably better with an awareness of what's actually going wrong. So if this person wants to keep training, they know how to fix it. And yeah. I think sometimes that goes over people's heads, just being straight with you. You're not wrong. Yes. Um, the other thing, I guess, and I kind of brushed on a little bit. The other thing, some people expect to go to a class and they think it's going to be magical. I spent <laughs> I spent two days with Ben. I fired 1,500 rounds or 1,000 rounds or 2,000 rounds. Man, when I come out of this, I'm going to be ready to shred. What do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, of course, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's just... If you're if you are uh, the the rawest of the raw, like if you're if you've shot two matches in your life and you're whatever you're able to pick up mechanical skills, you're one of like oh, just a dude who's can can learn really fast. You might have a magical two days and get a lot better. But if you've been shooting a while and you've kind of gotten to a, a performance plateau, it's going to take some time to break that plateau. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So anytime I've taken a class with you, I guess my goal always um, is just kind of learning what I'm doing wrong and learning what I need to do to fix it or how to assess if it's getting better. And that was kind of always my goal. It's like, give me new ideas to take to my training. And hopefully then when I'm like, when I don't have Ben by me <laughs> and I'm on, I'm on my own two months later, I'll be able to like, hey, this was successful. This wasn't. This is what's going wrong. And I mean, that that is really, I'm sure other instructors do that too, but that is really an important part of to talk about from your classes. It's like the awareness of what's going wrong and how to correct it and being able to self-identify what's going on without having an instructor, you know, saying, oh, look at that. You pushed down the gun again. It's having the shooter feel it. Oh yeah, I was on the third shot. I, feel my, I felt my hand, you know, yes. clamp down extra hard. Like that goes a long way towards making you better at shooting. I agree. hundred percent. Good. Good. Um, is there anything else interesting I should have asked you that I didn't think about? I don't think so. Like we Good. nailed it. Good. So yes, when you go to a class, like an open mind there to learn, you're not, it's not gonna be magical two days, but work on identifying areas to take back to your training because that's how you get better realizing what you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so boring. Well, I stand no. that way. It's like it's so boring, but that really is like the process. Yes. Cool. All right, Ben. Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, sit down and chat about all this stuff. Thank you for having me, sir. Of course, uh, listeners. Of course, if you have questions, which I'm sure you will, drop them below in the comments. Thank you for listening to Training Group Live. Stay up to date at PracticalShootingTrainingGroup.com or PSTG.us for short. 
If you have a question or a comment, head to the Training Group Live section of the forum. Remember, the best questions turn into show topics. If you aren't a member of PSTG, we hope today is the day we earn your subscription. And with that, train frequently, train hard, but most of all, train smart.